That would be tremendous. Right, here we go. So, short and sweet this morning. Uh, I want, I want. We live in an age, don't we, of I want? And um, the focus becomes on ourselves. And we're not just talking about children, or if you have your own children, you know what it's like during holiday time or any normal time when there's squabbles about, I want this, I want that, and then fights break. It's not just the children, is it? It's us, the grown-ups do. We want and uh, more and more, this, the culture has been about us, 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 me, me, me. And so much of it is centered around us. And it's so not the Lord. It's so not the kingdom. It's so anti the kingdom. And I want to briefly share with you this morning, uh, using a brilliant analogy, which I really hope you're going to enjoy. And some of you might be completely bored out of your heads, but you're going to learn some things this morning. And then we're going to talk uh, specifically about what the Bible says, trust me. So, um, so here we are. Does anyone know what this is? Does anyone, does anyone know the French for it? The Mayo Jaune, that's right. And, uh, and today concludes 21 days of racing. 3,360 kilometers, which will equate to the fastest rider, uh, having completed that in about 85 hours of cycling. And uh, Sam and I have been absolutely glued to ITV4 over the last three weeks. Uh, it's just been a pleasure watching the Tour de France every single uh, day. <laughs> and um, in my opinion, it's the ultimate team sport. And I want to briefly, I really indulge with me here this morning, briefly kind of explain a bit about the mammals, you know, the, the, the middle-aged men in lycra, and what, what, uh, what, what, what kind of goes on with, uh, with this wonderful sport called cycling. Because in my opinion, it's the ultimate uh, team sport. So step aside, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, all those kind of ones who, who do have the massive egos and the world centers around them. They get paid an absolute fortune. And let me introduce you to Team Sky, nine riders, who have been uh, cycling their hearts out over the last few weeks. The man in the middle uh, is well known and has had a really, really rough time in the press. Uh, his name is Chris Froome. And uh, he uh, today will definitely, unless he falls off his bike, uh, will definitely be crowned as the yellow jersey uh, winner again for his second time and the third time for Team Sky and the British team. And. Uh, and the thing really I want to speak about, not is him, it's the eight other guys and the team surrounding him. Because all of the other bike riders are all talented riders in their own way. Some of them are really good at cycling on flats. Some of them are really good at cycling up and down mountains. Some of them are good at cycling on cobbled streets. Some are really good at time trial cycling, all different types. And yet Chris Froome is known within that team as the lead rider. All of the other eight bike riders on the team work their socks off in order to help Chris win the yellow jersey. They sacrifice themselves in order to do that. The name that they're given is Domestique. And uh, I'm going to briefly explain how do they help him. This is so good. I've wanted to share this stuff for such a long time. <laughs> that picture there just shows you, I hope... Um, kind of the biggest way that they help him. You can see him, he's the ninth rider back wearing the yellow jersey and he has his whole team, there's eight others in front of him, cycling in front of him. And, and those of you who know or don't know, it's all about slipstreaming. 
is what it's called, uh, or drafting is another name for it. The man in the front, his name's Luke Rowe, he's a Welshman, and uh, he's cycling the hardest out of all of those guys there. The person in behind is probably riding at about 70 to 80% amount of power than the person in front, and so on and so on and so on. And so he's protected. He's protected. He's working a lot less than the rest of them in front. And it means that later on in each stage, <clears throat> they allow the yellow jersey, their key rider, to go to the front to push as hard as he can. And he hasn't had to do all that work before. Those other guys at the front, they'll peel off and they'll probably finish minutes a, lot, a long, long, long time after Chris Froome has actually crossed the line, even though at that point they're kind of leading the race. They work incredibly hard, sacrificing themselves, their own ego, um, for the one man that will win, hopefully. They have other duties like fetching bottles. The guy on the left there is Mark Cavendish when he used to ride for Team Sky. He collects bottles from, uh, from the support vehicle and he stacks his back and then he'll go out and the other pitcher there dishes them out to the rest of the team. And uh, they, they're basically riding with one thing in mind and that is to help uh, Chris Froome win the yellow jersey. Not only that, but they have uh, enormous backup uh, staff this is, uh, this is wonderful, isn't it, Sam? You enjoying this this morning, son? This is the first time you've actually listened to me talking, isn't it? Uh, so there's one of 15 support vehicles that they have. Um, that has uh, eight bikes on the top of it and all those other goodies, which I'd love to get my hands on. There's thousands and thousands of pounds worth of gear there. And uh, they ride close to them in case there's a punch or something and uh, they explain what's going on in the race. There's the bus driver and the team bus has all singing and all dancing in there. Uh, there's the mechanic working at one of the bikes and loads of other bikes in behind. They have a team of those guys. They even have their own chefs and their own traveling restaurant or um, kitchen and restaurant which serves specifically to the individual needs of all the guys and they travel along as well. So I guess the point I'm trying to make this morning is they do this, they sacrifice themselves for one other person. And it is different, really. You know, when Manchester United win, whatever it might be, the whole team play together and they win. Whereas when cycling, I just love it that they just work in their hearts out for the one person. And uh, that's what it's about. Oh, here we go, more images. Let's just move on, because I can tell I'm losing some of you. Where are we going with this? The Bible says... Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. NIV says, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. When I hear the likes of Garrett Thomas, Richie Port, Nicholas Roach, they talk about sacrificing themselves, laying down their lives literally. Uh, to help their friend win. There's not much of an ego there. And Paul here is writing to the Romans. The message is simple. And the message this morning, folks, is dead, dead simple, is prefer one another. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. It's a kingdom principle. It's along there with if you want to find your life, you have to give it away. Putting others before yourselves. The first shall be last and the last will be the first. Laying down your life. Surrendering your life for other people. It's what God has called us to do. 
and it's what he invites us to do. Going back to the start, the age or the culture that we live in is a culture of want, of need, about me, me, me. And the message is really, really simple this morning. It's about how we're going to influence and change the culture we live in by actually loving and serving and putting others before ourselves. The message puts it like this. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. The analogy for the musicians amongst us, of which you know I am not one. But I do know this, that within an orchestra, playing second fiddle is meant to be one of the more humbling of positions, because first fiddle apparently gets lots of nice solos. I'm looking at Vicky, is this right? They, they get to play lots of twiddly kind of things. And uh, that's, that's, the, that's, that's, the, that's the Chris Froome of the orchestra. That's the captain. And yet playing second fiddle is the, is the humbling position that, that kind of plays alongside when is needed. And again, it's just this kingdom principle that we learn from the king. The one who was willing to obey his father says, not my will be done, but your will be done. I'll do what it takes. I'll surrender and sacrifice my all for you. And we see this preferring of one another within the Trinity. I've spoken about this before, the, the shyness of the Holy Spirit. I talked about a, a number of weeks ago how the Holy Spirit points towards the Father and towards the Son. and says, you need to look at those guys. This is what I do. This morning, as we worship, this morning, His presence is with us. His presence means His Holy Spirit draws near. And as He's with us, what He does is He reveals to us the heart of the Father, the words of the Son to us. And then Jesus says, I, it's not about me. I, I do whatever you ask me to do, Father. And the Father who speaks and says, this is my Son, whom I'm well pleased. You see it going on amongst the Trinity. It's the heart of God, who he is. And it's in us. And it's in us. And he calls us to prefer one another, to love one another, to lay down our lives for others. That's what it's about. And it's a very simple reminder because the world teaches us the other, teaches us the opposite, teaches us, look at yourself, Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Yes, it's important. Of course we should do those things. But that we lay down our lives for other people. What does this mean to me? Coming into land. What, what, what does this mean to me? And as I wrote that, I thought, my goodness, I've just done it. It's about me. I've written the question. What does it mean to me? We, we've made it. As I wrote the question for the slide... I thought, my goodness, I've centered it on me again. I've put it on you. It's like we make it about ourselves again. So I rewrote the question to sound a little bit differently. How will others be affected? How will they be changed? How will their lives look differently when we take the focus off of ourselves and we prefer other people? I want to spend just a moment. And we're going to worship again and we're going to pray and then we're done. But before we do that, I'm going to give a moment of, of just real quiet. And I'm just going to ask you the question to just invite the Holy Spirit and just say, God, how do you want me to respond to this? This is 
this is the word of the Lord. Let's just do that now. Just invite him. Lord, just come now. Just speak to us. How, how would you have us respond? How in our lives, how do you want us to prefer others? Who, who do you want us to prefer What does that look like? What action do I need to take? How will their lives be changed? How will you change me? Just let him speak. just let him speak to you. Now, as he's been speaking to you, if he's calling you to respond, if he's calling you to act, then, then you need to go do that. And that's what I love about the Bible. It's so practical. That's what I love about what we try and do and in teaching it in a practical way is it, it moves us to respond. It's not just a, a book. It's the word of the Lord. And if God's speaking and he's asking us to do something, we need to obey him. So I encourage you, as you go from here afterwards, that you go do the things that he's calling you to. Cool. Why don't we stand together? We're going to worship some more.